it's the one opportunity you have to separate your application from all the other ones. Of course, job opportunity and, and volunteer and work experience is really valued as well. you ever have so many questions and no one to ask so they're just wasting away on google searches you'll forget about in an hour or so we had that same problem and that's why we created the rd to be podcast a resource for dietetic and nutrition students looking for answers that their peers don't have we are students macy and emily and registered dietitian carl barnes we engage in conversations and learn from rds join us weekly as we gain insight into the unique journeys of registered dietitians all over the country Welcome back to another week of the RD2B podcast. I'm your registered dietitian host, Carl Barnes. This is our weekly podcast where we sit down with a different registered dietitian each week to showcase the diversity of opportunity in the profession. Um, we are currently doing a showcase of dietetic internships and excited to be here with Diana Kint's father um, from Maricopa County Dietetic Internship. So really honored to have you here, excited to learn about the program. But um, first, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, excited to be here as well. Yeah, so I've been in this role with Maricopa County Department of Public Health Dietetic Internship, which is a mouthful. So we'll kind of shorten that sometimes as we go through. But I've been at the county with the internship for three years now, and I've been in the supervisor role for about a year and a half. And I thought I'd just share a little bit about my journey of how I got here. I was in college a long, long time ago doing a first degree. Uh, I graduated from Arizona State University with a Bachelor of Interdisciplinary Studies. So it combined two minors, business and communication to make this nice interdisciplinary studies that I had no idea what I was gonna do anything for a job with afterwards. So I was in some jobs, everything from a secretary to sales at conference and hotels until I had my light bulb moment. And that was when I was working in a triathlon shop and I was tasked with selling nutrition goods, um, all of those gels and bars and chomps and powders. And um, I didn't know what the ingredients really were and how they fueled athletes, but it was my job to sell them. And I didn't, that didn't sit well. So it was my aha moment. I love nutrition. It's always come natural. I didn't know it was an option for a profession the first time around. And so went back to school and finished my bachelor with nutrition in 2010. At that time, there was only one, it was a December graduation. So there was only one program in Arizona that had a fall match. So I applied to it and I got to the final round of interviews and then I didn't get matched and was devastated. So if there's any listeners out there who have experienced that or who might experience that, um, there's a lot of people who also have experienced that. And my piece of advice is that maybe it's the best thing that could have happened to you because it was the best thing that could have happened to me. That program wasn't the best fit for me. And I was really applying to it because it was the only one that was at that time zone. So the next spring, I applied to the Arizona State um, master's, combined master's and dietetic internship program and got into that one. And am now working with that program because our two programs work really, really closely together. So I get to call my 
past director, a colleague and dear friend now, which is which is super special. And again, having that graduate degree has opened up many additional opportunities and doors for me. So I'm really, really honored to be here today. And again, just wanted to give a quick little disclosure that the information that I'm going to talk about today is, of course, specific to the program that we run. Um, while I think there's a lot of similarities, I would encourage the listeners to reach out to program directors or coordinators for specific questions that might not be standard across the board with programs. And then, of course, just like your syllabi and classes, everything is subject to change, especially as we move forward with these next few years um, and the graduate degree requirements. But other than that, that's kind of my story in a quick few minutes. Great, thank you so much. And I'm Emily Ardy to be from University of Maryland. So how would you describe your current role at your dietetic internship? I'm the dietetic internship supervisor and I have the dietetic internship coordinator. Her name is Lisa Clark and she is my teammate. She is um, under me in a direct report to me, um, but we both really run this program and we share duties of then supervising our interns. So that's the biggest chunk of our jobs and really um, almost all of our jobs are dedicated to making sure the interns are getting the experiences that they need to a complete their competencies, but also really have a valuable and meaningful experience. So our office is housed in another office called the Office of Nutrition and Active Living. And then of course we are in the Department of Public Health here in Maricopa County, Arizona. Great, so what does a typical work day look like for you if there even is one? Yes, it's my favorite answer always as it depends. And it can pretty much be said for any nutrition question too. So anyone who sat in one of my classes knows that I love saying it depends. What factors do we need to consider here? Who's the client, right? What's the community like? What's going on? It depends. But a lot of the day is, is working on administrative uh, items. So a lot of communication, communicating with interns, communicating this time of year with interested applicants, um, meeting with the dietetic internship staff or my boss or stakeholders to discuss things like budgets and grants and funding. Um, we're always thinking right now about the 2024 requirements and how we're going to adapt and change to that. During the summer, things change a little bit. So our typical day during the, when we have interns is different than when we don't have interns. And during those summer months, we're working on the schedule and then really looking at quality improvement. How can we make things better for the next class? Um, what affiliate agreements need to be updated? What are the website improvements? All of that good stuff. And then I definitely take at least an hour out of every day to catch up on readings from either Ascend and uh, our local chapter of the Academy or this time of year, really getting anxious and planning my schedule for Fency. So staying up to date on that communication, I think is really important, especially from a director's side, but I think there's a lot of value in that from a student side too, 
to understand what is what is happening, what are the announcements, what are the action alerts, what's coming out from the academy. And I would encourage your listeners to take part in that and get involved. And that also shows their level of commitment to the profession. And then they can bring that into interviews and applications and things of that nature as well. Most definitely. So I know the diecast application is pretty daunting for students. So what does it look like on your end as a program director? Oh, yeah, it's not as daunting. Sorry, I wish I could say that. Well, no, I don't. I know I don't. I remember it being daunting and very time consuming. It's not the same on our end. And I think that I compare it to a job application. You know, when you're applying for a job, that and the application and all the references and getting that all together takes a lot of time. And sometimes I don't even know if anyone's spending two minutes reviewing those job applications, you know? So at least with the DICAS applications, hopefully you are guaranteed that it's going to get reviewed um, at some length. We spend anywhere from 10 to 25 minutes on a DICAS application reviewing it. So a lot of times at the beginning, we can go pretty quickly through it. We'll get a DICAS application that has zero work experience listed. Like, well, I, either they totally left it out, which is an, a major error, or they don't have any, which then presents a lot of concerns as well that you've gotten to this step without zero work experience. And then we can kind of skim a little bit quicker through that application if there's major errors. Um, as well as some of the sections, some individuals don't have a great filter on what to include and what to leave out. We had someone have 26 pages of work experience last year, and it was too much to go through. Your reviewers don't have the time to spend reviewing all that. So it's not as daunting on our end, but we really can tell who puts the time and the energy and have those sections reviewed and proofread and get input from others. So from our side, it is a lot more of, you know, reading and marking. We use an Excel spreadsheet to score sections of the diecast application. So when you're starting with it, go on early, break it down into small chunks, read all the instructions, get your resume together. I think that really helped me having all that information down as far as um, your references and the dates that you were at different jobs and things of that nature. So then it'll be easier to plug into Diecast. And then if I can just offer a few other pieces of advice on the Diecast application. There is sections, and I don't know exactly how it looks on your end, but it asks you to fill in the numbers per week, the hours per week that you're working, and then the total hours that you've worked at that site. And I think that confuses applicants a lot of times because we'll cross-reference that with the resume, and a lot of times they're very different. So that either tells us, again, that there's lack of attention to detail, or that there was a mistake, or that there's some fudging on one of those, which none of those reflect um, really great on the applicant. So make sure that your 
hours, um, number of hours that you work per week and the number of weeks match up with that re uh, resume. And if they don't, for some reason, explain that because you at least want to give the reviewer a sense that you caught that and you're telling why that's the case. And then again, make sure that you have other people review your application. It is so critical. We get um, a lot of crazy errors that you would think people would would know better to fix, um, but they don't. And I think that it comes down to a time issue for, for sure. And again, focus on the program specific stuff that that program that you're applying to is asking you to include in the diecast application. It's um, some don't answer our four program specific questions that are needed to be included in the personal statement. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but definitely focus on those items when you're getting started on the diecast application. Most definitely. So what are some things that um, are key to your program that stands out? Some things that are key to the program that really stand out is one is that we really are proud of the diversity of our interns. And I know that that's a hot topic right now and we're, we're all very focused on diversity, equity and inclusion, but it's something that has come a little bit more naturally to Maricopa County uh, Pub Department of Public Health Dietetic Internship over the years. And I believe that's because of our focus being public health and community nutrition. It tends to attract and draw individuals who also are passionate about that and may have even received some of those services or have family members receiving those services. So they tend to be great representatives of their communities in more ways than one. So we're really proud about that. Our 10 interns this year, three of them are from another country, five languages are spoken and half of them speak another language. So it's something we're really, really passionate about for sure. And we also have some great unique rotations that we spend a lot of time creating, evaluating, modifying to continually make sure they are relevant and um, providing that valuable experience. We have a food systems rotation in our team in Department of Public Health. We actually have a food systems team which employs a few RDs. So our interns this year are spending two weeks with them understanding some of the Concerns specific to Arizona food system, but also looking at, at food justice and um, what the role of dietitians are in, in that field. We also have policy presentations, again, because we're public health and a community nutrition focus, we realize the impact of policy everything we do is policy, right? Um, and not just you and I or what I do in my work, but every single thing we do is policy, whether or not we, we know that from turning on the water in our sink and, and getting, getting water and getting hopefully clean water um, to following rules of the road to our dietary guidelines, right? To how we even get funding from for some of our programs, specific SNAP-Ed and WIC that we work really closely with. So policy is a major component of our lives. And I don't think it's, it's covered very well most of the time in didactic programs. So we do have policy presentations and the interns also give policy presentations. 
And that's a component of our internship because we want them to be comfortable sitting at the table and being a part of those decisions as they move forward in their professions. And one other rotation I wanted to mention was our management week rotation. So we actually received um, recognition as a noteworthy practice from Ascend in 2020 for this management week rotation. And what it is, is a week-long rotation that occurs close to the end of the internship program, where the interns get to spend the week with us and learn all about um, what goes into managing a dietetic internship. But what they also do is spend a lot of time reflecting and providing evaluations and feedbacks on everything from rotations to assignments to case studies. And it offers an opportunity to have them help make the internship better. And they, they really enjoy it. It's mentioned as a favorite rotation every week. Maybe they're just saying that to make us feel nice, but I think that they really do love it. Again, there's a there's a mentor-mentee aspect to it as well. On the first day of the internship during orientation, our interns receive a little care package and a welcome letter from the past class. And then in management week, the current class gets to do the same thing for the incoming class. So it offers that ability to kind of say, hey, we, we know all of the feelings that you're going through right now. And we can tell you if you kind of stick with it and, and give your best, you'll then be sitting in our seats, you know, six, seven months from now. So we love those rotations. They're um, very near and dear to our heart. And I think they also help set our program apart. Great. So I know you mentioned you take 10 interns. How many students typically apply to your program each go around? Yeah, so we have two tracks. We have a WIC track, which is open for eligible Arizona WIC employees. They have to work for Arizona WIC for nine months prior to that application due date, which they, they don't have the same due date as our other tracks. So they apply in January. The Arizona WIC track is really special for a variety of reasons. One of them is that they do not pay a tuition. So they receive their internship 100% uh, free of out-of-pocket tuition fees. They also get full pay and benefits while in the rotation because they remain an employee at their local WIC agency. They are then contracted to work for WIC for three years following the completion of the internship. So that's, that's the return on investment, but it's a wonderful program. We are accredited for eight spots for that, but we usually take six interns for the WIC track, and we received 13 applications for that track last year. Our full-time track doesn't have any of those eligibility um, restrictions that the WIC track does. Our full-time track in years past had five interns, but now we're accredited for seven. And last year we received over 80 applications for those five spots. So it's much more competitive and um, that track, the full-time track does participate in D&D digital matching and also though has a lower tuition rate. And I think that that's one of the things that is an appeal to that program, but the full-time track has a tuition of $4,500 for the whole program. So it's, it's one of the lower ones that I'm aware of. 
So I know a lot of students like myself are contemplating, you know, doing a master's of public health. So how do you think your program pairs with that degree? Of course, the master in public health or master in public administration is going to pair perfectly with a public health and community nutrition dietetic internship. But I also want to make sure that people don't feel as though they have to go that route and pair perfect to the focus of the dietetic internship that they're interested in. I really think with my background of um, coming from that interdisciplinary approach, I really find value in some of these graduate degrees that maybe aren't necessarily focused in nutrition or focused on the exact same thing that the internship is focused in because you're gonna get a lot of that in there. So while it pairs perfectly, we have a few interns doing their master in public health right now and it's working out well because they're actually timed it again, perfectly so that they're using the internship as their capstone project um, and course. So it can be a win-win if you can time it correctly. And then as well, I want to make sure that from our from our perspective, we will not, you know, value one type of a graduate degree over another because we really think that that's something special about staying in a standalone dietetic internship program and not combining is allowing students the freedom to go and get that degree that they're really interested in and that they see fueling their path forward um, the best. So I think it will pair perfectly, but there's a lot of other options too. And really, as long as you can bring that coursework into the internship and, and weave them together, it's gonna be a, a great match no matter what program and what um, focus you go with for your graduate degree studies. There were a few things that I did wanna mention on graduate programs. Do we have time for that? Most definitely. Okay. All right. So I think it's important when students are looking for graduate programs, as well as dietetic internship programs, that they really factor in the location of the program. Um, for our dietetic internship program, we have students from all over, you know, outside of the country and all over the United States applying. And while that's fantastic, we don't rank anyone higher because they're local or out of state or in state. I think it's something to consider as far as your job opportunities go upon graduation. So if you're in a dietetic internship program that's in Arizona, but you plan on leaving and moving back to the Midwest directly after that, my contacts and my ability to pass on job opportunities that come through my inbox are severely limited if you do not remain in the same location that you do your internship or that you do your studies. So I would really think about that when you are applying to programs is can you can you stay where you're going to do your studies or your internship if the job comes up afterwards and know that your opportunities are going to be more if you stay in that location? Of course, you have to look at the modality and online versus in-person, the credits, full-time, part-time. Are you working while you're going to get your graduate degree? And if so, are you working somewhere where there's tuition reimbursement? Explore those options for sure, because it can definitely help cut down on um, how much money you're paying out of pocket. 
And then I really look at, I have some students who go into a master's program and have no idea if it includes a thesis, an applied project, a capstone course. And those are really important considerations because they're all different and they're going to require different amounts of time and attention. So make sure you understand what the degree entails when you're researching those programs. Great. And then I guess my final question would be, um, what's some advice you have for students in regards to, you know, doing their personal statement and things like that? Yeah. Oh my goodness. The personal statement spend time on the personal statement. For us, it really can move you to the top of the pile or down to the bottom of the pile. It's the one opportunity you have to separate your application from all the other ones. Of course, job opportunity and, and volunteer and work experience is really valued as well. But the personal statement is, is the section of DICAST that we are so excited to get to, to read about applicants. So spend time on that personal statement. Again, like my, like I talked about earlier with proofreading, have someone who's not familiar with you or maybe the process, read that personal statement, get feedback from other people. Again, make sure you're answering those program specific questions in the personal statement. Tell your story. I can't tell you how many times we have had um, individuals just tell us a story to where we're, we're almost crying reading it and you really remember those. And so again, it's your opportunity to move up and down, but it's also um, something that you need to make sure is on point. We have people who will leave in the wrong name of a program in their personal statement. I'm really excited to apply to Arizona State Dietetic Internship Program. Well, that's great. They're a great program, but it's not us. So it shows us that then you really don't have great attention to detail. And that's something that's a huge um, characteristic when we're going through this process. So make sure you're proofreading your statement, you're personalizing it for this, the program. We are a public health community focused program. If you tell me your long-term goal is to become a sports dietitian, awesome long-term goal, but we don't have any sports dietetic rotations in our program. So you're probably not gonna be happy and get out of it what, what we want you to. So really, really, really focus your time and energy on selecting the program that fits your passion and make sure that that comes through in your personal statement. It's also really, really great when someone brings in some outside materials in their personal statement that are specific to the program. Like if someone tells me, oh my goodness, I saw um, Miss, Mrs. Kin's father on the RD2B podcast and I loved it when you mentioned your passion for community and public health nutrition and it fits so well because of my work in this community organization. And so it shows us you've gone above and beyond in your researching. Sometimes people will pull out information from the handbook. So scour the website for those additional opportunities for any program. We have a blog, one of the projects that came out of Management Week a few years ago. You can find it right from our website. It tells intern stories. It gives examples of projects and testimonials and cool things that are going on in the internship. So again, go above and beyond and have that show in your personal statement because it is an area where um, 
you can you can really have your chances of getting an interview increased with an awesome personal statement. Great. Well, thank you so, so much for taking time out to talk to us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Emily. Thanks, Carl. Thanks so much. I think you shed a lot of light and it's really great to hear that advice for students just on from your perspective and and really chop at some of the, the misconceptions and stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. And again, I would encourage students too to, if you can put this somewhere, to reach out to the program directors of programs they're interested in, because we rank work and experience really, really high. We rank personal statement really, really high. Um, volunteer experience is something that's great and shouldn't be left blank. But as far as your bang for buck for points, it's really important to understand how a program is going to rank you, just like it is how you're going to be graded on an assignment at school. What's the rubric? And I feel as though the, the directors that I know are happy to share that information if asked in, in kind of a polite manner because they don't want to keep it secret. They want you to succeed as well. That is so true. It's not a secret as much as it's not a secret. It's transparent. We want you to to get matched and to become leaders in this this profession that we all know and love. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I appreciate you. Thank you all. Let me know if you need anything else. Thank you.